Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Volume. Snaps is presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Remember, football season is coming. There's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. Look, man, I love college football, okay? I love the NFL. I like college football futures, win totals, Heisman bets, all of that, and it's all there for me on FanDuel. It's all kind of great promos going on all the time as well. If you want to take advantage of some great deals, get a little bang for your buck. Look, there's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's because it's easy to use, it's safe and secure, you get your winnings fast, and uh, if you're into parlays, like I know many of us are, right? Wait, who doesn't want to turn five bucks into a couple of thousand, right? Well, guess what? You can do same game parlays, you can uh, do do you know multiple team parlays, whatever you want. They even have the most popular same game parlays for you each day right when you log in. So, act now. And use the promo code SNAPS and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. Again, that's SNAPS, S-N-A-P-S. Must be 21 and present in select states only. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Arizona, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back, dude. Welcome back here to Snaps, the premier college football podcast. And I can say that as an unbiased source because I'm a part of the show. Now just don't look up what unbiased means. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I know I did, Aaron. I'm very excited to be back here on 
the volume YouTube channel, go ahead and like it, subscribe, you know, all of the things that please the algorithmic gods that rule our existence. And we're going to have a hell of a show today, boys. That's right. Week zero. We have actual college football to break down. A lot of frosty boy talk. Tough, tough scene for the frost hive right now. We'll also talk about some starting quarterback that decisions that have been made. Uh, Jim Harbaugh maybe uh, not making our guy Aaron Murray too happy, but we'll 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 get there. Uh, Brian Harson and he who would be king has Jimbo found his guy. First off, let me welcome in my esteemed co-host, former Georgia Bulldog great. Noted nut toucher. That means quarterback. Aaron Murray, what's up, bro? <laughs> Man, it was so good to to watch some real football this weekend. I, I had a little bit of a, a panic attack. So I'm watching the Nebraska game uh, on, on Saturday. Then all of a sudden, Fox decides that a preseason Falcons game is a little bit more important than keeping that game going <laughs> over there in Dublin. So I'm freaking out. All of a sudden, it just goes to pregame coverage. I'm like, why does anyone want to watch the pregame for a preseason game when we got this awesome game going in, in Dublin. So freaked out a little bit, but cooler heads prevailed. Thank you to those on Twitter. Uh, just had to download a little Fox app, was good to go. But overall, man, it was a great Saturday. We already got controversy, we'll, we'll touch, in, touch on that. Uh, a lot of fun this weekend, obviously great nightcap for the SEC. Vanderbilt looked like Alabama of the islands, for goodness sakes. That was fun to yes, watch. Uh, uh, T-Bob, first off, though, how was, how was the, the, the mini week zero vacation at the beach? You, you rested. You look nice and tan. Perfect. I feel nice and tan. I was kind of looking like I feel like I got a little blonding going on, a little tan going on. Uh, the beach was great, man. The beach was great. I used it to form my college football analysis for the weekend. The ocean was so calm that it was very clear that Poseidon – was asleep okay hammered bandy to cover obviously big play there now what did not go well was trying to make myself into a leader of the frosty boys last week because um that nebraska game was something and yes look i'm learning okay on this job like everybody else is learning in their job every single day and watching meme compilations of Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Mr. Freeze puns, watching those and using those as justification for going all in on Nebraska, maybe not a solid foundation for analysis. Because as we learned, uh, Scott Frost can't really get out of his own way. He can't really, uh, he, in other words, he cannot hold his beer. We'll talk about what went down in the stadium. Shout out to the Irish. Irish hospitality, big winner over the weekend. But Aaron, I'll let you start. Uh, Nebraska falls to Northwestern. It is an NCAA record. Seventh one score loss in a row. Um, and it all goes back to this onside kick. Uh, Aaron, what was your main takeaway from the Huskers struggles on Saturday? Well, Nebraska is the best one-loss team in America, according to our boy T. Bob. You know, my my, my big sure Look it up. issue along with 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 everyone else in the country is this is year five for Scott Frost, and I think Scott Frost is is a very good head football coach. I had an opportunity to cover Coach Frost back when he was getting going there at, at UCF in Orlando. I was like, man, this guy is going somewhere. He's 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 a players' coach, brings a lot of energy, played the game. There's that respect level to it, and thought he was ready to take that next step in Nebraska and they just keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But 
year five, you can't be making those type of mistakes as a coach. You may give a coach year one or year two. Yeah, they they got to learn. You know, I was with uh, a coaching staff there in Philadelphia their first year when when you know I moved from the Chiefs over to the Eagles and. You know, Doug Peterson was his first year head coach and he admitted it throughout the year. Like, Hey man, I made a mistake here in this two minute drive. I made a mistake going forward on fourth down. I will learn from that. Turns around in year two wins the Super Bowl. Uh, you got to make sure that you're, you're learning as a head coach when and not when and when not to make certain situations, because those are the type of plays and those are the type of decisions that cost you wins and ultimately cost you your job. So you're up 11 points. You're feeling good. Your defense just got a massive yeah. turnover. Your offense turned yeah. around, scored a touchdown. Everyone's yeah. high five and you're feeling good on the sideline. Nebraska fans are cheering, whether it's in Dublin or home. And you decide to go for an onside kick. And you and I have both looked at some of the coverages uh, that Northwestern was, was showing on film. And guys really weren't budging. They weren't moving. I don't know what Scott Frost no. is looking for a soundbite here soon, but year five here it is okay look look, look right here, here it is Eric. you're 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 watching right here and if, if you could pause it right when the foot is about to meet ball here brum it um what what, what you want to look for here like when you do this is when like aaron's alluding to when you see a team that as the kicker is running up to the ball they start to flip their hips and they start to preemptively run mm -hmm. to set up the return uh after the game Scott Frost tried to claim that they had the exact look they wanted, that in a previous rep they had seen them do just that. I went and watched every Nebraska kickoff before this one. Northwestern never moved. They had one guy on the edge who started to flip his hips barely before that ball barely. was kicked off. Every other time, they were hyper-disciplined in their stance, wait until the ball was actually in the air till they started to get back. So, like, right there, you have visual proof that, like, even what Scott Frost is telling you to justify what he called his decision after the game, uh, Aaron, it's it's just simply not true. There's nothing there. It, it isn't true. Uh, and, and, and and to kill the momentum of, of your football team. And, listen, they didn't play great on defense, so I understand, like, like hey, you're up 11 points. You want to maybe help your defense. I mean, Ryan Holinsky looked like an all-conference quarterback. Couple touchdowns, uh, 27 and 38. They're running the ball well, and that being about 214 yards overall rushing for Northwestern. So they were moving the ball well, but still, you have an 11-point lead. Your defense caused the turnover. Why give a team uh, any sort of hope? Why give them any chance, a short field, to be able to punch it in there? At the end of the day, as 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 we know. The I would say the scariest lead in all of sports, especially football, is a two-score lead because you feel really good. Like, all right, we got to control yep. this game right now. You get a little bit cocky. Hey, they just got to score two points. All of a sudden, if they can score fast, if the opposing team can score fast and make it a one-possession game, all of a sudden your team, who was up by two scores, the butts get tight. Guys get nervous. Coaches get nervous. Guys start making mistakes. And no better example yep. of that was Casey Thompson. He was playing great. And all of a sudden, oh, he goes to crap when things got a little tight. So, um, just, just the, the, like once again, those are the decisions that cost you your job. You're already on the hot seat. People are questioning: Are or should you be the head coach this season? You get another year. Uh, you, you got a quarterback that I thought was an upgrade, and I thought he looked really darn good for three quarters of that football game, and then you make a mistake like that as a coaching coach. So this is Northwestern. I know they've been up and down the past five years. Uh, they only won a few games last year, but if you can't beat Northwestern, how are you going to win other games in that conference? That's, that's my worry. Now all of a sudden I'm saying, can this team get 
to a bowl. Can this team get to six wins when you look at how good that conference is? I question that. And honestly, right now with the decision like that, does six or seven wins even save his job? Uh, I mean, it's tough, man. It's I No, I, I think with the – I mean, Vegas has the over-under set at seven and a half. Now, that is an inflated number, right? But I think they were also the second-best mm -hmm. odds to win their half of the Big Ten. That ain't happening, right? But what that is is indicative of where fan expectation is at. And what always determines yep. your job security is not the results themselves – it's where do they land in relation to the expectation. And here after week one, it feels like they are going to land far short. I want to take you back, though, Aaron, because the most fascinating part to me about Saturday was the game flow and how ultimately, no matter how good, you mentioned the word hope, right? Scott Frost has made it an art form in terms of giving his fans hope only then to grind it out of existence. I mean, think back, guys. Okay, so we have a full offseason of change and promise, right? You finally hire a special teams coach. You hire Whipple. You get a Texas transfer quarterback. You're, you're, uh, you, 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 you actually you do pretty well in the transfer portal, right? There's kind of an mm -hmm. undercurrent of positive momentum. Uh, you are here on this amazing stage. You're in Ireland. You're playing in the only game that matters of the day. You got that great noon slot on Fox. You got millions of people watching on a literal international stage. And then you come out and you go right down the field, dude. I mean, you are marching big third down conversion. You finish it with a beautiful 30-yard touchdown pass. The receiver mosses the corner. At that point, all of your dreams are coming true as a Nebraska fan, like it's all happened. It has finally happened. And then uh, the game goes on and you're like, oh man, I don't know, dude. Okay, they're starting to come back a little bit. And, and it's an interesting flow, right? Nebraska goes up early. Northwestern takes all the momentum back, gets the lead right before half. That's where Nebraska started to come stressed. But then all of a sudden in the third quarter, Nebraska takes over. Surely now, surely now they would not do something to blow it. And then... Scott Frost got involved. And uh, look, man, I know he went on to kind of blame uh, the offensive staff a bit afterwards, which is hilarious. One game into a new OC's reign, he was like, I think our offense learns you got to be a bit more creative to hang in this league or, uh, you know, adaptable. But at a certain point, it's you, Scott. I mean, you're yeah. now 5-21 and 21 in games decided by one score. Whipple wasn't there for that. Whipple wasn't there for the first six games of this stretch. I mean, I don't know how many people are my age out there listening to this, but to me, Scott Frost, watching a Scott Frost football game is like watching an episode of That's So Raven, right? If you've ever seen That's So Raven, she can see the future, but she sees something and she's like, oh no, I don't want that to happen. So she tries to do all these things to prevent it from happening, but what does she do? She creates the very scenario she was trying to avoid. Right, it's a time paradox. That's Scott Frost. He's like, okay, we want to play not, we, you know, we want to play not to, we want to play aggressive football. We want to try to win. We're not playing not to lose. This onside kick, that's it. That's going to be the aggressive football. And instead, with that aggression, he creates the very situation he was trying to avoid. I don't know that you could have scripted a worse way for this game to go in terms of angering the Husker fan base. And so, yes, where we sit today, what is it, August 29th? Um, it feels very tough to think 
about Scott Frost continuing as the Nebraska head coach. Like this has the potential to spin off in the middle of the season, right? If they don't respond well to this loss, Aaron, he could be gone before the season's over. Well, good thing is they get North Dakota next. So you, you get North Dakota, you get Georgia Southern. It would have been nice to uh, it would have been nice to be three zero heading into that game versus Oklahoma. You bring Oklahoma into your stadium, mm. you got some momentum. You're three and zero. You're winning close football games, and then maybe you, you you have an upset. I mean, Oklahoma still has a lot of questions. You're talking about a brand new coaching staff there for the Sooners. Maybe you find a way to get an upset because you've built some 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 goodwill inside that locker room, and now all of a sudden the players hear the noise. Let's 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 make sure we all understand that you and I have been in a locker room. You know when certain positions are on the hot seat. You know when your coaching staff is on a hot seat. And we always talk about, oh, well, you know, as a fan, oh, the, the, the players will play harder because the players love Coach Frost and they want to support him. Yeah, I get that, but it is a distraction. And these kids have, you know, they're 18 to 22, 23 years old. They have enough on their plate already. They're trying to get ready for a football game and, and one of the toughest conferences in America. You know, now they throw school into the equation. They got NIL. I mean, they're, they're getting pulled it this way, that way, this way, that way. And I guarantee when they meet with the media this week and when they're on campus talking with their friends and when they're talking with mom and dad and aunt and uncle, the thing that's going to be brought up the most is, hey, is, Co is, Co is, is Coach Frost going to be your coach this year? Is Coach Frost going to be your coach mm -hmm. next year? Why did Coach Frost mm -hmm. decide to kick an onside kick? All these people are starting to put more and more doubt yeah. into these players' heads of should, should Coach Frost be your head football coach. And all it takes in this league is just having a little bit of doubt for that to trickle through the entire football team, for that to then affect your play each and every Saturday. So that's the territory we're getting into now. You know, these, these, these players have been behind him for four years. They believed in him. They keep believing in the, the notion of, hey, we're right there, that we have these close ball games. We have these one-score games. We're going to push through in year five with Coach Frost. And in the first game, it doesn't happen. And one of the big reasons why was because of a decision made, not from a player, not from a mistake on the field. And yes, there were mistakes on both sides of the football for Nebraska, but from a coaching decision that put their team in a bad situation that is going to be the headline this entire week. So at some point, you're going to see it affect the football team. You're going to see it affect the locker room. And that's why I don't think Nebraska going forward is going to have a good year. Because they've had chances to rally for their coach. And if yeah. it hasn't happened in year five, it ain't going to happen now. No. And, uh, well, it's, um, like I said, it's a tough time for me and the rest of the frosty boys. That dream may have died on the mm. vine here in week number one. Also, uh, last thing here, horrible quote when he gives the quote about his O-lineman throwing up four to five times of practice, like that's a positive. And then you come out in game number one and you literally look like a heavyweight fighter that used all of their energy up in the first couple of rounds. Uh, so Scott Frost, it's an awful Monday to be Scott Frost. Uh, we JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates, to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million 
plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Don't figure out if Jim Harbaugh is going to have an awful Monday next week as uh, Aaron Harbaugh coming out. And I'm going to read the letter. I'm going to read the letter here. This is from Jim Harbaugh. This is officially released Michigan letterhead, right? We have made a decision. Both quarterbacks have played great, done everything they could have, and in every way to win the starting job. Coming out of camp, I just feel we have two quarterbacks, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, that we feel very confident we can win a championship with either of those two behind center. It's great for our team, but there's only one ball, and only one quarterback can be out there at a time. So we're not ready to say who that starting quarterback is, but the decision that we have made is Cade McNamara will start the opener against Colorado State, and J.J. McCarthy will start the second ball game against Hawaii. And then after week two, we will make a decision going into week three on the starter and backup. Aaron, you are a former cornerback, or excuse me, quarterback. Uh, I, I think this uh, this irked you a little bit. 
It, it did. And I know a lot of people were saying, oh, well, Coach Harbaugh is coached position. He's played the position. He knows what he's doing. But just go look at the track record since he took over at Michigan and look at the success at that, that, that spot. And there really hasn't been any success since 2015 for Michigan and quarterbacks. The best one has been Shea Patterson, for goodness sakes. He has not had an elite quarterback at all. And, and maybe that's part of the decision of why, hey, I'm not sure who I want to go out there and be my starter week one. But being a former quarterback and being a guy that I've been in quarterback battles a lot in my life and, and not having the confidence from a coach saying, you know, either way, who's going to be the starter? Who's going to be the leader? Because you and I both know this, you're an offensive lineman. The quarterback has a certain leadership role in the locker room. He has obviously a major leadership role inside the huddle. And, and it's, it's that one voice that kind of dictates the tempo of the team. It kind of dictates the tempo of the entire offense. You know, you need the reps. You need the timing down with your receivers. You need the communication with your offensive line. You need the timings with the tight ends and the, and the running backs. There's a lot to go into it. It's not just simple, hey, here's a football, go out there and play. If you want to be in a team like Michigan that's trying to repeat as Big Ten champions, as a team that's trying to get to the playoffs, you need every opportunity to make sure that your guy taking the snaps is ready to go each and every week, especially as conference play gets going so i hate the decision i hate it for the team i hate it for the quarterbacks um it to me it seems like you're so worried about possibly and i and this is a this is this is real world now the transfer portal coaches have to worry about this because the quarterback is a different position it's not a receiver it's not offensive lineman running backs or guys on defense where you can create some kind of rotation where, hey, you're the starter, but I guarantee you, hey, backup, you're going to get 30, 40% of the reps. You can keep guys happy that way. Quarterback, it's it's, it's one. You always talk about the old, the old saying is, hey, if you get two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I think this is a situation yeah. here. Or maybe the situation of, of, of the transfer portal of, hey, I'm worried about one of these guys transferring. If I tell them, hey, you get one game, you get one game, most likely they're not going to transfer at that point. So I think this is that could be playing to it a little bit. But overall, like I said, I hate this decision. I think it's unhealthy for that quarterback room, and I think it's unhealthy for the football team. And and I know you could still get away with winning those first two games, and, and if Ryan could bring up the schedule real quick, uh, it's an easy schedule early on for Michigan. But once again, yeah. every every rep is valuable. Every opportunity to take a snap is valuable in this league. So we saw Hawaii this past weekend. You know That game September 10th is going to be a big win, most likely a win versus Colorado State. You get a essentially a third buy versus UConn once again, <laughs> but you want to talk about building some momentum. You pick a quarterback, he goes out there and has a killer first three weeks, and all of a sudden this offense, who you know needs to be better this year because of the what you lost on the defense side of the football, is saying, "Hey man, we're an offense that is humming." No, you're going to be an offense that's still trying to figure out who the hell your quarterback is come that third game versus UConn. Look, because both you know what, man. because both quarterbacks are going to play well. The schedule and the opponent dictates yeah, yeah, that, is that where you're going to have tough. success. So then what do you say week yeah. three when you have both quarterbacks excel? Okay, well, each of you are going to get a half versus UConn? I mean, look, the bottom line, Aaron, you hit on it. The bottom line, if you look at Harbaugh's time in Michigan since 2015, um, Jim Harbaugh sucks at developing quarterbacks. It's ironic. He played quarterback in the NFL. He should know it better than any position. He got successful quarterback play in the NFL out of the quarterbacks that he coached in the league. Like, it is wild. It is Les Milesian, and I can say that because I saw uh, Les Miles try to develop quarterbacks firsthand, and I saw a year 
in 2008, in which Jarrett Lee threw a lot of pick sixes and it led to losses, right? Where Miles became so conservative, so terrified of turnovers that all of a sudden he was never empowering that position. He was threatening them. The only thing that mattered was not throwing picks, which led to a way over conservative offense, uh, kind of from a philosophy standpoint, but also guys holding on the ball, pass fakes, it gets harder, you're less threatening, less dynamic, all of these things. As you said, you don't have the confidence to go out there and play if you think that you're going to get pulled at any single moment. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is like as bad as Les Miles at developing quarterbacks. That's not Mm. crazy. The record shows you that. Um, And so as as to the why... Yeah, go, go ahead. Well, two right now, two, at this point, you've had spring, you've had summer, you've had fall camp. If you as an, an, a, a, if you want to consider yourself an elite uh, coach, one of the top coaches in America, I'm sure he, he thinks things like that. And, and, and he is a top, I would say, 15 coach in, in America, especially after the season they had last year. And being a guy like you alluded to that's, that's played the position, that has coached the position, that should know the position well, you're telling me, after seeing these quarterbacks play last year, once again, seeing them play in spring, seeing them play in fall camp and seeing them in scrimmages, you can't properly evaluate the position well enough to say who you believe should be the starting quarterback. And then once again, it goes into the game right now for these quarterbacks saying, hey, the decision hasn't been made. I don't know if I'm going to be the starting quarterback throughout the season. How how tight am I going to be in these first two games? I, once again, I think the schedule allows these guys to still go out there and excel. But once again, like you are, you pride yourself on being a quarterback guy. You should be able to, at this point in the season, this point in camp, I guess not season, this point at the end of camp, be able to say who is the better guy for my football team. Well, I think I, mean, I, I honestly do. I think, I think it has to do with transfer portal. I think he's worried about one of these guys picking up, taking the ball and, and hitting the portal and leaving. <sighs> and this is his I way mean, to combat look- that. Look, the cynic in me says yes, right? You always have to be aware of that sort of thing. In fact, Brian Kelly, just where the show started, announced that LSU will not be announcing a starter. Now, he was up front saying, like, it's for a tactical advantage. Uh, we have named yep. it, but FSU got to play a warm game. We did not. So maybe it is about the transfer portal. But it's like you said, you said, you said, you're telling me that this guy with all this quarterback experience can't pick a quarterback. And that's where it gets so crazy and hard to understand. Is that is exactly what I'm telling you? For whatever reason, Jim Harbaugh sucks at getting good college quarterback play. I don't know what it is. If I wanted to play devil's advocate on this situation, and again, I don't love this type of deal because as a player, especially at that position, Aaron, I agree with you, you want rope to play with, right? It's like being an employee in any other instance. Mm -hmm. You want to know that your boss has your back and that uh, you're going to be empowered to make mistakes as you try to accomplish that goal. I've been in situations where I was only one MA away from being pulled and it sucked, dude. It applies all sort yeah. of extra pressure, makes it hard to operate in. But if I want to play devil's advocate here, I do kind of like Harbaugh going with like the full on Joker tactics. Like if you think about Dark Knight back in the day when uh, Joker breaks and I get Gamble, I think it's like Gamble's gang or whatever. And, and then he kills Gamble and then he has Gamble's two henchmen there and he snaps the pool stick and he drops it down in front of him. And he's like, Hey, we're having tryouts, but we only got one spot available. Harbaugh going full Joker here. And with the easy schedule, again, to play devil's advocate here with the easy schedule, you could almost treat this like an NFL preseason. Now, I don't know about Colorado State, but Hawaii looks like they are very much the rebuild that we thought they were going to be. UConn, while improved under Jim Mora Jr., they looked fine last week, but they're still one of the worst teams 
in the entire country. I guess it's going to be game three. But the point is, like, this could be viewed as a bit of a preseason. My only problems, okay, this is what I would say. The only way I think this works, Aaron, is if you stick with whoever you stick with in week three. Right. Like, I yeah. don't think oh, yeah. you really have, I don't think you really have a quarterback controversy until you're making mid game switches. If, if, if this is a true tryout deal and then we're going to make a choice and then give that guy a few games of rope to work with the second that you have a bad series and you take him out and put the other guy in, that's when all bets are off and you officially have no quarterbacks. Well, I, I want to go with to you said, uh, T-Bob, about of having a little bit of rope to play with. You look at the most successful quarterbacks in any league right now, there's a certain line of, and they, they, I would say this for, for most positions and most athletes across all, all sports, there's a certain line of cockiness and confidence that you have to type rope, especially at the quarterback spot. You have, yeah. to, you have to walk on the field as a quarterback feeling like you're the baddest dude out there like you can make every throw i don't care if i'm rolling to my left i don't care if i'm rolling to my left or right uh i'm going to make some patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers type stuff happen like that's what you need to feel like when you walk out there obviously you got to be smart don't be an idiot don't try to throw the ball 40 yards across the field like patrick does but have that mentality <laughs> that you can you couldn't accomplish anything Yes, I think right now I, I, I'm a little bit worried about these quarterbacks of what their psyche is. It, it's a valid point of how confident can I go out there? How 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 confident do I feel ripping a, a, a 18, 20 yard dig across the middle of the field? How comfortable do I feel trying to fit a ball between defenders? Because I know if I make a mistake that that's that's enough that that may be my last chance as a starting quarterback at Michigan this year so you want to be able to play play free you want to be able to play with some confidence you want to be able to play with some cockiness and you can't do that when you're battling a quarterback I'm not say controversy but a quarterback dilemma here where a quarterback has not been named a coach obviously is alluding to not having confidence in either one of those guys and that's why the decision still is yet to be made so Overall, I am worried about Michigan. Once again, I said it earlier, yeah. this is a team that had to rely on offense being better this season. Your, yes. your, your, your star yeah. defensive end is gone. A lot of guys on the defense side of the football have moved on. It will still be a good defense, but offense is going to have to play a lot better if you want to be able to compete. What's the goal? The goal is to beat Ohio State. If you're going to beat Ohio State this year, you better score 40, 50 points. And right now, looking at the quarterback spot, I guarantee you Michigan will not score 50 points even against no. a, a you know, so-so Ohio State defense. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, the quarterback-coach relationship, right? Like you said, you want to create that irrational confidence in yourself, in the relationship itself. And this is almost like Harbaugh is is coming to a longtime girlfriend and being like, you know, I kind of want to try something new, a bit of an open relationship, right? Like how it, mm -hmm. it's a sister wife. He's do, he's doing a sister yeah. wives thing. I don't know if it's going to play out. We'll see. Again, the only way I have no faith in Harbaugh to to develop a college quarterback, as we said, but the only way it maybe works is they stick with the week three guy. We will see. Speaking of sticking with guys, uh, well. Will Auburn stick with Brian Harson as uh, Auburn's AD steps down on Friday? The man who orchestrated the deal to bring Brian Harson into Auburn. Uh, Auburn also names a starting quarterback in uh, TJ Finley, which we'll get to that. Uh, but what does a new athletic director, Aaron, what does that mean for Brian Harson's future on the Plains? 
Well, I think Brian's on the, on the hot side unless he wins. I don't think an athletic director, even though you know, I'm a little bit surprised with this Alan Green move. I thought Alan Green, uh, especially look at the hire he made on the basketball side and how well the basketball team has performed yeah. with their new head coach. You're like, okay, you know, this is, this, this is a, I think, once again, I think a very good athletic director. You look at the other sports there at Auburn, they've all been performing decently well. Look at baseball, dude. Baseball yeah, look at made, baseball, what, gymnastics. Omaha? Yeah, yeah gymnastics. So you're talking about a, a program really where baseball is moving, uh, gymnastics, basketball <laughs> had it was the number one ranked team in, in the country last year at one point. Uh, so I know this is a still football first conference, but the, you know, Alan Green should not be stepping away right now, in my opinion. So I don't think Alan Green staying or Alan Green leaving has anything to do with Brian Harson having to win and having to win right now. And and once again, the more I look at this this roster for Auburn, the more I'm like, okay, they, they, have a, they have an opportunity. They do have an opportunity to be a one, a bowl team, which I think is a, really? a, a good season by Auburn standard. But I do think they, they have a chance to be eight and four, seven and five. Is oh. that, is that going to make Auburn fans happy? No. I mean, no, no sec team that is named Texas A&M, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Florida uh, is going to be happy being a six and six, seven and five football team. But being second season, I think you will be awarded a third year if you get to that seven and five part. So I'm, I'm the one th good thing is, you know, counter to what we just talked about with Michigan, at least they have named a starting quarterback. You alluded to it. TJ Finley has been named the starting quarterback. I, I, yeah. I, you know, that was the kind of guy that I, if I had a bet on it, I would bet on him just based on what I saw last year from his limited time. And then seeing what Zach Calzada looked like at Texas A&M. I thought TJ Finley was going to be the guy. And I do think we have a, a sound bite here uh, as well to go along with what happened with that decision. But I think they have a good they have good pieces where you need it. They got a good running game. Offensive line, I think, is 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 adequate. Defensively, they got good guys at every single level. They can win some football games, that's for sure. So I don't think, once again, uh, this Alan Green leaving necessarily concerns me too much of, of what the future lies ahead for Brian Harson. He just got to win. You don't win. You're gone regardless. It's a meritocracy. Matthew Cherry says Auburn really should fire Brian Harson and send him packing. He's a total joke. He's a poor recruiter. He's not good enough to coach the SEC. I think there's a common sentiment among Auburn. But when I saw the question, what does this mean for Brian Harson? My immediate reaction is how the hell am I supposed to know what it means, man? trying to figure out Auburn politics. It's Byzantine. And I mean that literally like, like, like the Roman Byzantine empire, like where everybody's constantly trying to stab each other in the back. There's religious hypocrisy everywhere. It's a culture unto itself that I don't really understand. Like asking me what's going on with the political dynamics at Auburn. I have no idea what's going on. Cause I don't understand the finances. Just two years ago, they spent $72 million getting rid of Malzahn, bringing in Harson. Now we spent over a year talking about getting rid of Harson, And I cannot fathom. I mean, I got to imagine that he's still safe, barring like a three and nine disaster, because I cannot fathom that in the age of NIL, where you need all the resources you can, that you would fire this man and pay even more buyout money. Like on mm. top of buyout money already being fundamentally dumb and basically just lighting money on fire. Like in the NIL era, it actually becomes demonstrably worse because you are taking away from the coffers that could be paid to get better players. So I don't know what this means, Brian Harson. I still don't think he'd go anywhere, but Auburn's also insane. Uh, now, I do want to talk TJ Finley. And Brum, if you go ahead and hit it, here is 
Brian Harson uh, on why TJ Finley won that job. And then I think just fundamentally, you know, he's gotten better as a thrower, uh, as a decision maker. And, you know, that's the one thing. I mean, it's uh, from last year to this year, amazingly enough, uh, people get better. And uh, <laughs> Auburn quarterbacks improve and they get better. And so he's a guy that's done that. He's taken uh, this off season and worked very hard on trying to uh, be a better player, have a better understanding, uh, improve his mechanics. And that showed up through the summer. It showed up through fall camp. And ultimately the reason why he's the starting quarterback. And oh, wow. Caught me doing my hair there, Brom. Now look just at your hair. <laughs> oh, Woo-hoo, baby. I look absurd right now. You look like, Here's you look the deal. Like a damn joker. <laughs> Wait, hold on, dude. Why is Scott Frost being a dick answering that question? With a like, imagine this. He got better. Auburn quarterbacks get you better. Brian, Brian, Brian Harson, you can't be a dick. Yes, what I say, Scott Frost. Why yeah. did Brian, Brian Harson? You can't be a dick. You haven't earned that right. Like if Saban wants to be uh, jack off the people, that's fine. Go ahead. You have not earned that right yet. Uh, secondly, I'm actually a big TJ Finley fan. Okay, I watch his cat very closely. His true freshman year. I know you're very high on Max Johnson, Aaron. Although Max Johnson had the much bigger wins than Finley did that freshman year, um, when I watched those games and watched the film, I did not see that much of a demonstrable difference between the two. Different skill sets, certainly. Finley with a much more live arm, Johnson with more running ability. But when the O-line protected Finley, he thrived. When they didn't, he did not. When the O-line protected Johnson, he thrived as well, right? And so, like, it's not TJ's Finley's fault that he had to play A&M and Alabama while uh, Max Johnson got to play a Florida team that would just uh, couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, he was pretty great that night. But then an Ole Miss team whose defense was just absolutely horrid and putrid that year. So, like, I've always been very high on TJ Finley, and I'm excited to see what he can do now as an older, more experienced guy, as the starting quarterback uh, for Auburn. But I just still, I mean, it's, it's, it's still just so hard for me with the toxic culture and the Byzantine politics of Auburn for me to sit here and think that they're going to be an eight win team. Seven and five is pushing it, dude. But, but, but maybe seven and five gives him another season. I think that to me, that's, as a coach in this league that that is just starting out, and let's not forget Brian Harson's not from the SEC. If he can get the seven and five in his second season, it leaves buys him okay one more year to see if I can get this thing going in the right direction. Uh, going back to the TJ yeah. Finley discussion, it's the the quarterback spot was not the issue last year. Bo Nix majority of the season. I thought Bo actually was a. A, a really impressive in year three they had no talent around him besides the running backs they really lacked talent on the outside receivers were average at best uh tight ends were okay but still made some big drops and some big games look at the georgia game the amount of drops that occurred throughout the the, the the game there and auburn was really gave them no opportunity to make that thing close especially late in the game so if, if they need to find support around TJ, TJ can be good. TJ can be bad. I don't care. If you don't have receivers that can create separation, if you don't have receivers that can at least catch a football, you're not going to have success. So uh, I, 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 
it is funny what he said because it is true. Everyone does hopefully get better in every single year. And let's not forget, TJ was a young guy at LSU. TJ was long, yeah. young last year. Uh, it was his first year in the system. You're talking about a quarterback that hopefully has matured physically and mentally. A guy that is is a better understanding of the playbook, is able to get through his reads a little bit faster because he does have the tools you want. He's a big kid. He's 6'7", big arm. It's, big it's arm. now we have a quarterback. Can we find the pieces around him to complement what he's able to do and have success? And and it's still going to be a very much a run-first team. You got two of the best running backs, probably the best tandem of running backs in this conference. I think you have a very good defense. It's not out of the question to go seven and five with that recipe. But if you start to lose games and lose confidence, and once again, it gets back to the confidence in the head coach, similar to what we talked about with, with, with Coach Frost, if the team loses confidence in your head coach, you could see this team start to spiral down really, really quickly. And if they are five and seven and not making a bowl game, then all of a sudden those boosters who seem to have a lot of control there in Auburn we'll be making decisions about who's going to be the head coach of 2023 for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, more like Brian Fartson, uh, but in all seriousness, I have heard lumber prices are down. So I know Yellowwood's one of the big boosters over mm. there. I don't know. Dude. Maybe, maybe he's not going to be able to swing it anymore. Now maybe, that maybe he's going to be not the, uh, the new athletic peak. director. Uh, and I, I would, again, in, in the politics of Auburn, I don't think anything is beyond the pale. So we were talking about, TJ Finley, one guy that he was competing with was Max Johnson. Somebody that me and you, Aaron, we've talked for both pretty high on, right? Well, did it shock you at all when Jimbo Fisher came out and named a King, but it was a man literally named King Haynes King, the starting quarterback for the Texas A&M Aggies, not Max Johnson. I was a little surprised unless Haynes King has just absolutely taking a a massive step in 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 the right direction at throwing the football because what i said it was limited once again i i hate to judge quarterbacks on you know one or two games early on in their career you know just like carson just said these guys are going to get better they're going to see they watch the film you got really good coaches they can be nitpicky they can say hey this is what you need to work on and i'm sure he went went in this spring and summer and fall camp worked his tail off to become more of a, a natural passer. But all I can go off as an analyst is based on what I've seen on film. And, and last year watching him for uh, essentially a game and a quarter before he got hurt versus Colorado was not very good as a thrower. Yeah, he's a hell of an athlete. But when I think Jimbo Fisher, and I think what what fits best and what gels best with what Fisher wants to do as a, as a head coach and an offensive mind is throw the football, is have a quarterback that can get through his reads, make every single throw from a slant to an out to a deep dig to a corner post, all that good stuff. And, and, and based on what I've seen from Haynes, I don't think he can do that at a consistent level. He can run really fast, but Jimbo to me is not shown at me that he wants to run an offense. That is a zone read type no. offense. It's still very much of a pro style system. So who fits better in that scheme? Well, I'd give the, the edge to Max Johnson. What I saw from Max last year at LSU was a guy that can throw the ball, can make every throw you want, has the legs to, 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 to get in outside the pocket. Uh, very similar to uh, a guy named Kellen Mond, who was successful there yeah. at Texas A&M. Uh, a, a passer first, athletic enough to be creative with his legs, but can make the throws that you want. Max fits more that that mode than, than Haynes King does. So I'm a little bit surprised there. 
Uh, obviously, he's seen something in Haynes to, to, to crown him the starting quarterback the past two years heading into the season. I will say this. I will not be surprised at the end of the day if Max Johnson is named the starting quarterback at some point this season Ooh. because of the lack of ability to throw the ball from Haynes King. Oh, spicy boy, spicy boy. We'll see. I Okay, so my, my takeaways from the Hanks King situation are this. If I was an AM fan, I would actually be feeling pretty positive about this for everything Aaron just told you, right? Like, m both me and Aaron actually believe that Max Johnson is pretty damn good. Uh, I think if you look at his numbers from last year, he had a completely respectable touchdown to pick in mm -hmm. uh, ratio. I think it might have been like 28 to 7 off the top of my head. But as someone who obviously has to cover the LSU program as closely as I do, I can tell you he was working out of an offense that was fundamentally and operationally flawed, like horribly flawed. He was dealing with a first-time play caller, Jake Peets. I watched that offense call timeouts coming out of TV timeouts. Hell, I watched him call timeouts coming out of timeouts. Like the amount of times that they would get to third and one or fourth and one and not be able to make a decision, the amount of times that Max was having to look to the sideline and be like, I need a play. Like for him to still have success, I think he's really good. So if Hanks King is winning that job, then if I'm an AM fan, I'm actually gaining more juice today. I'm a little fired yeah. up. Like from where I sit, I'm a little more worried now about Texas AM than I maybe was previously, although they may be one of the biggest conundrums in uh the entire sport right now it's kind of insane Whoa. i i it's just such a disconnect between how the polls view them and how like when you talk to other media members and everybody else just kind of how they're viewed on the streets yeah well i think one thing that 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 is going to be interesting based on this quarterback decision it also may be a sign and once again we'll, we'll bring this back to auburn a sign of what's around them for the receiving spot you know, big question mm -hmm. for Auburn this year is who's going to be the receivers. I think a big question too from A and M is who's going to be the who's going to be the receivers. Who's going to be those top guys? I mean, A chain's a a guy that you move around, but is he a true number one zero X receiver? I wouldn't necessarily say that. So, do you have that consistent playmaker on the outside to run your pro style offense? I think that's the question mark, and maybe that's why you lean more towards a Haynes King of Hey guys, as as a coach that's getting paid this much money. I, and, and a guy who's supposed to be an offensive mind first, I got to find a way to have success. And I don't have that true, once again, that 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 big 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, couple receivers that can go win on one-on-one -on -one battles. I got some young, I got some speed guys, guys that you can move from the slot, you can move in the backfield, you can maybe, you know, maybe play a little Z and X, but not really that consistency on the outside that we've seen from AM. So maybe Jimbo's looking at this like, hey, I may not be able to throw the ball 35 40 times and have success maybe i do have to run the football and maybe having a guy like Kane's king maybe i dabble a little bit in the zone read rpo world Might to give my offense a better chance so there's two ways to look at it one is like you alluded to if he beat max out that means that his 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 ability to throw the ball has skyrocketed because that's more of what you think about with jimbo or i'm i'm more guessing that because of the lack of of true receiving talent on the outside, mm -hmm. you go with a quarterback that maybe gives you some more options, and maybe this offense for AM is going to look a little bit different than what we're used to seeing Jimbo run at FSU and during his early career here at Texas AM for the Aggies. So I'm a little bit more concerned about the skill around this offense. And then if that's the case, to me, this is a team that could be the third or fourth best team in the SEC West, and all of a sudden, Jimbo in his fifth year, that ain't good enough either.
but they are nope. spending a lot of money on him right now. So I don't see, you know, obviously he's not on the hot seat right now. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I would say in the Max Johnson situation is simply that it also, uh, thankfully, shut down, shuts down something that I got very sick of here in this offseason, which was you didn't transfer in to ride the bench. Okay, whatever. Of course not. You think you're going to win the job, but there are no guarantees. We are seeing more and more in the age of the transfer portal that, yeah, you can transfer and have it not work out. In fact, Alabama released a depth chart today, and Eli Ricks was a backup to Kool-Aid McKinstry. Okay, now they had the slash on there, so maybe it still remains to be seen a bit, but the point is you don't automatically win jobs just because you transfer. That's how it should be, right? You bring in competition, and then Haynes King is now better than he was for having competed with Max Johnson and vice versa. Aaron, week zero of college football in the books, week one beginning now, week two of snaps, very excited. Huge thank you to FanDuel. Shout out to you, Aaron. I believe 2-0 and on your picks last week, right? Would you take Vandy one to cover in the over? Oh, the over didn't I hit? took I took the over in Vandy, which which hit yeah. big time. No, I took Nebraska with the points. Oh, you followed me in the Frosty Boys. That's right. Yeah. I, 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 dude, I that's was, on, that's I was on feeling me, dude. good. I that 11-point lead, I was like, there's no way. I know, dude. No, 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 no. no. I'm a big boy. I, 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 I just, decisions. I just, I just got so excited. You know, freeze cold ice, all that. It's a, it's, it's a bad football analysis, but whatever, whatever. We're okay. Best own one team in the country. Still going to get bowl eligible. We'll see coming up this week though, guys, we got LSU FSU. We got Cincinnati, Arkansas. We got Oregon UGA. We got Utah, Florida. We got Notre Dame, Ohio state. Oh, thank the Lord. Mm. football is here uh aaron thank you so much man ryan brumley our excellent producer back at mission control thank you of course thank you to the volume youtube channel papa colin and uh subscribe to the podcast like share with your friends rate it review it all of those things that help please the algorithmic gods we will see you tomorrow 2 p.m eastern with a brand new edition of snaps have a great day the volume mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.